I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I love interviewing people who've interviewed me. I was on Marilyn Hickey and Sarah Bowling's show recently. I did uh, five episodes with them, and they're just so inspirational. I love these two women. And Sarah, she and I got to connect a lot behind the scenes. I ended up going to their church service and preaching there and then spending time with her and her husband for dinner. And we just became fast friends. And she has this heart, especially for people in at-risk zones and red light districts. And I'm going to ask her some questions about this uh, in, in the interview about why she's gone after red light districts. But I love how this generation of people, especially second-generation pastors' kids, and which she is, and people who are, have been in that maybe a second-generation Christian, are consumed with how is God going to be seen outside the church, not just building church, but how are we going to see him in powerful ways outside the church? And, and when we were talking about exploring the prophetic, when God speaks to us, it's not just for the walls of the church. It's actually, it will change culture. It will change nations. It will change the lowest common denominator issues and the highest common denominator issues. And Sarah's one of those ones who's gone to over 70 countries. And uh, just, I'm looking at her bio right now and she's founded Saving Moses, which we'll talk about today. But uh, it's a nonprofit humanitarian initiative de dedicated to meeting the most urgent needs of babies and toddlers where the care is least available. And she works in Angola, Afghanistan, Cambodia, India, and now Bangladesh. So she speaks, she does conferences, she's written books, she has a blog. But on top of that, she's gone after these kids at risk. And I can't wait to ask her these questions. And I can't wait for you to hear them because it really inspired me when she was telling me her process as far as how God led her to this place that most people ignore, let alone most Christians have never even heard of or seen before that this is even an urgent need right now. So let's go into our interview, but I want you to think about how God's speaking to you, especially about justice issues that he might want you to sow a portion of your time, your money, your uh, your prayer life into an issue of justice that people aren't looking at right now. And when God speaks to us, he often speaks to us about issues that we would have never been concerned about in the first place. Hence this interview with Sarah. So I'm excited about today's podcast because I have my friend Sarah Bowling on. Yay. Yay. Welcome to the show, Sarah. <laughs> So excited. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. I feel like I we have so much in common. We've only spent time together that one time so far, but we have so much in common as far as how we're second generation Christians and how we are going after, you might be even third or fourth, I don't know, but we're, how we're going after like justice in a real way in the midst of everything else we're doing. And I love your stories. You've visited over 70 countries. You've gone to some of the poorest parts of the world. You're not afraid of red light districts either. <laughs> like, I just love right? your journey. You know, like I love when we were talking, we're like going, oh yeah, I've totally been there. Oh yeah, I've done that. It was just, <laughs> I love that because not many people, yeah. I think, who start out in first generation or even in the older generation of Christianity necessarily would go to those places, although your mother would for sure. But there's a lot of people who never thought about the kingdom and translating that to like real spaces around the world. And people don't look at the fact that there's children at risk and that's what Jesus came for, you know? And, and so I just loved being with you and your stories and who you are. And so I'm so glad you came on the podcast today. Man, I'm super pumped. And it's totally true. When we were talking about some of the justice stuff and some of the, especially the red light, because some people get a little, uh, 
you know, makes them grimace a little bit. They're like, ugh, you know, prostitutes, ah, you know, they get all jittery. Which is like, weird because Jesus like totally sweet. modeled that big time. I'm Let's going, do that. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Jesus is like, I'm friends with prostitutes, no problem. And people in the modern church are like, it's a taboo thing, you know? And, and I think we're supposed to go to the darkest places of the earth and he shows up the, in the biggest ways. And he just always does. I'm the like, I'll go to a conference here in America man. and go, this is nice. But I go to the third world and I'm like, oh my gosh, here he is. His face is shining mm-hmm. here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it lights me up. I, I want to just bring up uh, the fact that one of the things that I love about you is how, and we're exploring the prophetic in this podcast. So one of the things I love about you is that your mom couldn't have children. Yeah. And tell us yeah. that story. Yeah. She was like, um, medically it was impossible. She had some kind of condition, um, genetic condition. And, uh, so medically impossible for her to have kids and they wanted to have kids. They adopted my brother, um, in essence, eight years before I was born. But even before that, um, my mom was, you know, a no name person, just an average person in the crowd. And she was in Texas in Dallas and William Branham, um, was ministering and he called her out of the whole crowd and said, and just prophesied over it. You're not from here. You're from a wooded area. You're from Denver, Colorado. You want to have a baby, go home and receive your baby. uh, When my, yeah, I know like completely read her mail. And, and you know, it was, it wasn't just with her. It was also with her aunt. And I believe as well with her mom that he, he ministered like specific precise words, you know, like your daughter's at home. A latter rain kind of prophet, yep. one of those guys in the 1950s who yep. just yep. had probably the most profound prophetic ministry that people had seen would gather tens of thousands of people at times and, and just just called her out, just did it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Driver's license, similar to what, you, what I've seen you do, Sean, driver's license or, you know, birth dates or, you know, physical addresses. And, and I remember asking somebody about, you know, telling them about William Branham doing that stuff. They're like, yeah, this guy's Sean Boltz. And I'm like, Boltz, really? <laughs> Seriously? And they're like, no, 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 you need to check it out. And I did. And I was like, I dropped my teeth. I was like, holy buckets. I mean, this is 50 years later. Oh, my gosh. Sign me up. Because this is how I came about. Totally. I mean, my birth I mean, was prophesied you... 10 years before I ever came into existence. Which made me immediately, like when you were hungry to have me on the show with you and Marilyn, um, for those of you who don't know, Sarah hosts a show with her mom, Marilyn Hickey, and they, it's just an awesome show. Please go and watch it. It's on many, many Christian stations. You could find a listing on Sarah's website, but um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what I love is that uh, when I heard your story, I was like, Sarah's made for the prophetic. Like you're made to, and you are, you're already walking out in so many ways, but I just, I could just feel an upgraded sense of like more. And my word of knowledge gift is a, is a gateway or a bridge to many people. Whereas William Brandon was really a token of a generation doing some things and unlocking some people, but it wasn't really replicatable very much. Whereas in this generation, I think, I feel like God's speaking so much through and, and imparting it to a generation of people. Mm-hmm. And I lo- what I love about what you're doing is the training part of it. Yeah. You know, like translating God, God's secrets. I mean, the whole deal of this isn't for these elite exclusive you know, hyper massively important, you know, completely offline people. This is for your average, like, let's go out and do this. <laughs> yeah. Let's everything I do, I'm get, serious. Like everything I do, yeah. I'm going to do the same way. It's like, let's get everybody on board. Like, I don't want to do something that's sec, sec, what is it? Segregated or special? Like everything in the Bible is available. So I, okay, let's go back to you though, because 
we um, were talking, and one of the things that you had just got back from Bangladesh the last time we spent time together, and you were telling me just the statistics of the city, and I'm like looking at you going, you're going to do something radical here. Like you can't help it. I can just tell your heart. But tell us some of the stuff you've been doing because it's radical, and God has sent you these places to do it. But tell us why you're doing it. Like how did God motivate you to do these things in Red Light District? So I watched this documentary called Born into Brothels. And uh, it's by it's by a British photographer several years ago. Was, I watched like, it now you know, because of you. Yeah, and I saw in there this this video, just this clip of this baby toddler chained to a bed. Oof. And when I saw that, like it just went completely lit off in my heart. And I and the Holy Spirit supernaturally, like full on, dropped this in my heart to do something called night care. Because what I saw was here are these babies that are in this environment um, while their mom's working. And I just, it, it unraveled me. And so and not to be graphic, this, but in the hotel rooms, why their mom's doing it literally on the bed. Yeah. Right. I mean, I interviewed in January, I interviewed 10 moms in the, in the largest brothel in Bangladesh. Uh, you know, out of 10 moms, seven out of 10 of them said my toddlers on the bed with me as I work. That's just so wrong. Uh, right. And Americans are like, they're appalled. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you know, legitimately. So what we started with, and I had this, it shot off in my heart when I watched that that documentary, Night Care. And so I flew over to India because I was going to do it immediately. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, it didn't happen, and I was super mad and frustrated with God. And then I felt like God said, well, where do you have, where do you have relationships there? And I was like, well, I got a boatload of friends in Cambodia. Why don't you try that? And long story short, we opened Night Care in Phnom Penh five years ago, a little over five years ago. We now have five Night Care Centers in wow. Phnom Penh. So what does that look um, like? Explain what a Night Care Center is. Yep. So um, it's a, we rent a home, in essence, in Phnom Penh. And um, every night, we open six nights a week. The moms bring their babies and toddlers, moms who are sex workers, um, they bring their babies and toddlers, drop them off with us anywhere from 5.30 till, you know, whatever, 8. And we give them a bath, um, feed them dinner, put clean clothes on them, have a little bit of circle time. Um, we get to talk with them about Jesus and, you know, get to teach them little cool songs. And then we put them to bed um, in our centers. So then when moms are done working in the morning, they come and collect them, pick them up. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so we take them when the time is most urgent. They need the most protection, the most safety, the most, you know, they're the most vulnerable. That's our night care centers. And so we have five of them and we have over 100 babies and toddlers every night. Um, and then just in July, we open now in Bangladesh and uh, just like completely super excited. Some people are like, well, you know, you need to get the moms out of the industry. Not disputing that. But my niche, my specialty is these babies and toddlers. Because yeah. if you really want to change the industry, start with the babies and the toddlers. Yeah, you can't hold children responsible for their parents' decisions. I mean, uh, the, I just huh. think like you go into some of these countries that you and I have both been to, especially you've been to more than I have, and uh, and just looking at your history. And, and I just think like there's so many times that Christians, we, we just make the wrong choice. It's not love-based. And you risk being anti-love when you make the wrong choice. And the whole message of the gospel is how are you going to let God's love transform culture mm -hmm. and transform people's mm -hmm. lives and children, yeah. the, these kids that you're saving and helping right now from being molested and raped and all these things. I mean, who knows who they're going to be tomorrow? 
And I think of people right. who went into South Korea and start Compassion International, these groups back when it was first becoming a country again, and and how those kids became the justice officers and police chiefs, and one became the mayor of, of Seoul, and they were these kids who were like orphaned and and messed up from the war. And now the first generation of people who were leading, like probably, uh, I think it was like 10 or 15% of the kids who were leading when they became adults were orphans. And it's the same thing. It's like when you install identity in these kids, like you're not just protecting them, but they're, they're probably called to something. That's why their mom's been so, you know, plundered in this, that sense. Right. And the other piece of it, you know, cause this, the stuff that I do is we have an organization saving Moses. And when you think about Moses, He's three months old, the son of a slave woman. Wow. He's floating in, in in the Nile River, no identity, just some, and he should have been killed. He did. He had no right to live, and yet when you saved Moses, fast forward all the things that God accomplished through Moses, the tabernacle, the Ten Commandments, the liberation of Israel, all those things. Come on. But it was when he was three months old that his life was hanging by a thread, and so. That's why, I mean, I'm so passionate about this. And if I can't, if we can't love a baby, then that's really a heart check, right? I mean, you exactly. really have to look deep into your heart and think about that, wrestle with that, because that's, that's problematic right there. Absolutely. And tell me about how this has affected your family. Cause you have beautiful kids. You have an awesome husband. Yeah. So they're all like, Oh yeah, mom. I mean like my, my eighth grader, he's, he, <laughs> he's so funny. He goes to you know school and, and one of his teachers um, is a really nice lady, I'm sure. And she knits together little caps for babies, oh, uh, wow. creamies and everything. And she's like, you know, we provide these for hospitals here you know, in America and my son is like, well, yeah, but can I tell you about night care? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Which is She's a little like, bit of a paradigm <laughs> shift. Exactly. And then my daughter, she wants to move to Cambodia for a summer and work oh. in night care. And so it's just cool. And they've, I've taken them with me. I remember the first time I went into this one red light district, I took my youngest son, Benji, took him in. And he's like, what are you doing <laughs> to me? Why did you bring me here? And I'm like... Look, this is where you live is a little bit um, <laughs> sterile <laughs> compared to the majority of the world. Exactly. And so I was like, you need to see this. I want you to experience. I want you to feel in your heart the compassion. I want you to see and look in the eyes of these babies, these toddlers. And I want you to feel love. I want you to feel the love of God pouring out of you. And how did that work? Like, What was your response? It, they were, it undid them for a while. Yeah. I mean, they came home and granted, they were like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 12, I'd say. Um, and my daughter, you know, seeing someone her age and, you know, kind of potentially in that industry, um, it was a very sobering experience for them. But also, I think, very grounding in God's love, like God genuinely loves and it's not based on you know, somebody's cleanliness or their morality or any of that stuff. It's because of who God is Absolutely. and then God loving through us and, and not being put off by the, whatever the industry or the, you know, function or what it's just God's love through us. Well, give me, give me a story from your highlight reel as far as something that God's done where he led you or spoke to you or started something in this genre that uh, sticks out. You know, I mean, a couple of things. And, you know, prophetically, I'm really pushing into this. And one of the things I've been doing is I want to speak prophetically 
into these moms and into these red light areas, into these brothels. That's awesome. Um, because I believe with all my heart, if you can, and I've, I've seen this, I've seen this. Okay. So here's a really crazy story. I was in Phnom Penh and, um, I had visited, um, kind of a, a place where they were rehabilitating former sex workers, both men and women. And, um, I saw this one gentleman who's a lady boy, a male prostitute. And I'd never seen a lady boy in that way um, yeah. at this place. And it just completely, I was like, holy buckets, you know, it would like caught my attention. And this guy, he captured my attention. And I remember I saw him and, you know, I was friendly and polite and everything. And then the very next day I was preaching in my friend's church over in Phnom Penh. And this guy comes and gives his life to Christ. The same guy, wow. the same guy gives his life to Christ in that service. So then the next morning I'm traipsing around one of these red lights, um, you know, looking for babies. And it's around 9.30, 10 in the morning. And I pop in, I find a newborn. And I'm super excited. I got a newborn. And I pop my head in the door, start talking with the mom. And uh, the mom was concerned because the baby had a, a fever and everything. And off in the corner, like this is a completely disheveled shack, if you want to call it even that. There's this mattress with all these clothes, you know, like messy and everything. And the mattress starts to move, and this the same the exact same guy sits up. This is the same guy that came to church that I saw then the preceding day, you know, in the in the other place. And that's the same guy, and he sits up in that bed, and he opens his eyes and looks at me, and is like, "What are you doing here wow. in my house?" And seeing that same guy, and so now every year I go and I visit him and I talk with him. And, you know, he's given his life to Christ. Is he 100% out of the weeds? Not totally. I mean, he's married now. He has kids. And he still is in, in some poverty. But he's got working on a job. And I believe he's pretty much drug-free. And so you just kind of see these incremental um, and, and choices that he's making consistently. And, you know, coming to church and being a little more consistent. So watching that and watch just walking in the obedience of of. God's love and seeing that really impact and not just like masses, but one individual. And this guy, I see him every year and I hug on him. I love him. And his kids. I mean, I know that newborn now I've been around that newborn now for four, four years. Wow. I know all of his kids and, and it's just, it's really powerful, like seriously powerful. And I get a connect and, you know, last year we got to help him with like get a bike and stuff so he can, you know, get to work and just good stuff. Really. I mean, it's, it's amazing too. Cause uh-huh. you think about like this guy's life and how there's somebody, cause people, when we go in, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you're American and you go in, people look at us as the big brothers of the world. So even if, even if that's a negative thing sometimes, but when you go to a third world nation, it's like, you're paying attention to me and you're coming here and you're, you're actually talking to me. Like I get that all the time from people. Like when you express love, and especially in some of the cultures where affection is not done well or right, and you're expressing real love and real affection, and when you're then you go back and you track with people, and it just changes everything for them. It really is like having what the same equivalent of what we have in some of our foster care programs here, where you have a big brother, big sister. There's something about that that the whole world needs that kind of affection from somebody who's ahead of them who believes in them. And that to me is culturally prophetic because you're seeing someone at the end of the race, you're seeing them in a greater way than what they look like today and treating them that way, which is one of the most valuable things you could do in the whole world. And I think more people would be willing to do it if they could see a glimpse of God's heart the way that you've seen God, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And the other thing I like doing is like every July, I take people with me to Cambodia. So the last couple of Julys, I've taken like 20 people and we get to go in and do night care. So That's we take like, awesome. you know, five, seven, seven days and live in Phnom Penh and then visit all the neighborhoods, get to meet the moms. And I mean, I love doing it. I completely love doing it. And then get to help with night care, you know, and, and feeding the babies, singing the songs. I mean, so, and the people that come, they keep coming because they love the trip so much. And it's really just roll up your sleeves and jump in the middle of people and love them. Clean some it diapers, love on some kids. Yep, yep exactly. It's magnificent, I know that. I have a two right? and a four-year-old right now, so I know exactly that stage of life. I'd be an expert. <laughs> exactly, man. And they'd be crawling all over you, Sean. Oh my uh, gosh, they'd be all over you. I feel like every time we take anyone to a third world nation and we go administer kids, I always have to tell them, just so you know, you're going to be touched on every square inch of your body, except for in, inappropriate areas. <laughs> they're going to like literally hang off of you on your exactly. feet, on your arms, on your, and they're going to look at you. And they, the more you hug them, the more they tuck themselves into you. You know, it's like, exactly. it's, I just love that feeling of just, you know, where they borrow the affection of your heart for that season that you're there with them. It's just one of my favorite things. Cause I feel, and you they feel nestle Jesus. into you, man. Yeah. Yep, totally. You just feel Jesus come through it. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me this, we're, we're coming to the end of our show, but tell me this, how can people go on a trip, support you, hear more yep. about this, be on the journey? Sure. Savingmoses.org. That's um, easy. It's really easy. Yep. Really easy website. Very friendly. Um, can see all the cool stuff that's going on. It's got blogs and videos and stories and places to say, Hey, I want to go on the trip and lots of fun stuff to do. So that's a really easy way to connect. Savingmoses.org. Well, Sarah, I'm so inspired, as usual, by what God's doing in you. Thanks for being on the show today, seriously. Sean, you rock. Totally appreciate (laughs) you, like massively. Vice versa. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together at our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.